The sun has left and forgotten me. It's dark, I cannot see. Your stories don't define you, but how you tell them will. Hi, I'm Sarah Elkins, your host and chief storymaker at Elkins Consulting. Today's episode refers to a post I shared on social media shortly after I returned from a two week trip to southeastern Italy. We spent most of the time in the Puglia region. The post acknowledged my vacation envy, the sensation I experienced on my very long return flight from Rome to Chicago. I mentioned that I had only shared one post with highlights because I was discouraged about our less than picture perfect trip, where instead of spending days hiking in the Gargano National Park and relaxing on the beautiful beaches, we wandered in rain and fog for the majority of our trip. I didn't want to sound like I was ungrateful, complaining about an amazing opportunity I had. In the post, I mentioned that as a storytelling coach, someone who guides others to share their most meaningful, inspiring personal stories, it's my job to present the frustrating parts of our vacation in a way that's inspiring and truthful, not to post only the happy highlights of a trip. The first story I shared along those lines happened in Gravina. I left the hotel room early in the morning by myself to move our rental car, and it wouldn't start because the battery was dead. After getting it started, I found a legal parking spot and made my way back to the hotel to my husband, who was just waking up. The whole thing had taken less than an hour, my morning adventure, and I was eager to share the story with him. I had a busy morning and then excitedly told him about the dead battery in the rental car, the gentle, kind people who helped me get it started, getting lost as I drove around to charge the battery, and using Google Maps to make my way back to a perfect parking spot not far from our hotel. My thoughtful team member, Chinook, listened as I shared the story with her while we walked to a client appointment a week after my return home from the trip. Oh, she said, You got to feed your woo. Chinook has been working with me for nearly a year, writing up my podcast show notes and scheduling its publishing and helping me work through business ideas and listening as I process client experiences. She's not a StrengthsFinder coach, which is why when she had such a thoughtful insight, I was delighted. She's obviously listening and learning about what I do. Her comment about feeding my woo, which in StrengthsFinder means winning others over, the part of me that's motivated and energized in meeting new people and building relationships, that comment stopped me in my tracks. I had been lamenting some of the obstacles and frustrations I had experienced on my trip, processing those disappointments and learning opportunities. Her comment had me looking at those two weeks from a completely different perspective, shifting the way I was framing my experiences. Her comment helped alert me to a pattern that emerged through the trip as I looked back. I could see now where I found the most satisfaction. Some came from obstacles, others simply by being fully present in the moment. I remember sitting on the terrace at our hotel in Matera and watching the sunset when a woman asked us in English, you speak English? Where are you from? We spent the next hour learning about this fascinating and inspiring woman and her family, sharing stories of our travel experiences, 
and pausing our conversation periodically to breathe in the light breeze and marvel at the spectacular sunset in this magical place. You've heard me talk a lot about StrengthsFinder if you listen to this podcast, and I've always been skeptical of people who go whole hog into something that looks mm, cultish to me, and I get it. We humans love to find our tribes, places where we feel we belong, but I don't go to Gallup's conferences. I'm not active in Gallup's coach communities. I just love this tool. It has been a game changer for me. And I know it's because of how I'm using it. There are lots of other assessments that can be just as helpful when they're presented in a practical way. One exercise I do with my clients is to have them keep a satisfaction journal. It's similar to a gratitude journal. And if you do a search for the neurological benefits of gratitude, you'll see plenty of evidence that gratitude positively changes your brain. The distinction is that with a satisfaction journal, you're writing down two or three things every day that you found especially satisfying. For example, it was nearly 8 p.m. a few days after we returned from our trip when I stood up from my laptop and realized how late it was. We had to eat and we didn't have much in the refrigerator yet. I opened the freezer, the refrigerator, and the pantry and pulled a variety of ingredients together to make a pretty decent, healthful dinner. And I found that really satisfying. My husband said, this is great. We should do it again sometime. And I just smiled and shook my head. Honey, we won't ever have this again. I have no idea what I did, and we probably won't have exactly these ingredients. When I offer this exercise to my clients, I present it differently depending on their talents. For someone with adaptability at the top and consistency at the bottom, I might suggest jotting down phrases or just a few sentences a few times each week, switching it up, doing it in the morning and evening. And the opposite might work for someone with consistency and discipline at the top. I ask them to keep this journal for at least a couple of weeks. When we meet for another session, we review the entries to find patterns and identify which of their top talents they were instinctively using for each of these satisfying experiences. Why does this matter? Well, we'll just start with these two benefits. Once you understand your talents at this depth, you can find ways to incorporate them with intention into your days at work and at home, which I promise will reduce stress and conflict while bringing your best self to whatever activities you take on. And just like a gratitude journal, when your brain is looking for good stuff, it finds good stuff. Target fixation can be positive or negative. And by actively seeking satisfaction to write down in your journal, you're creating and building positive target fixation. After just a few days, your brain will start to look for satisfying moments subconsciously, building positive neural pathways and alerting your brain that it's time to release those feel-good hormones like dopamine and serotonin. Similar to keeping a satisfaction journal, Chinook's comment, you got to feed your woo, made me look back to find those patterns in my trip, uncovering some beautiful stories I was missing because I was distracted by the obstacles and frustration. I must acknowledge those. They're real and they're valid. 
And if I don't notice them, I can't improve for next time. I can also see them from the perspective of gratitude for the experiences. The lessons are what I call opportunities for growth. The key is to shift away from sharing the stories as complaints and toward sharing them as lessons. Remembering that the stories you share have direct impact on your internal messages and that when you share these stories from a perspective of gratitude, you're more likely to inspire others to do the same. And if you want to learn more about the neuroscience behind gratitude, pick up Dr. Melissa Hughes' book, Happier Hour with Einstein, and be sure to follow her on YouTube. You can click links in the podcast show notes at elkinsconsulting.com. Now it's your turn, listeners. Think about a story you've told where you might be seen as a victim or a complainer. Can you think of a different perspective or framing you can take in telling that story? Start by asking yourself a few questions. What could I have learned from that experience? Who helped me in that time? Who was a guide or mentor that I can focus on more than the person or situation that might be seen as a villain in my story? When you look at things from this perspective, you will find so much more satisfaction in your days. You'll be more present to look for those moments. And I promise it will improve your relationships. Thank you for listening to this episode of Your Stories Don't Define You, How You Tell Them Will. If you loved this episode, it sure would help me if you gave it a five-star rating and shared it with your friends and colleagues. Follow me on Instagram at Sarah Lynn Elkins for storytelling tips and to know when my next keynote is coming up. And sign up for my newsletter to receive a free monthly story prompt so you can start collecting your most meaningful stories. Smile, what's the use of crying? You'll find that life is still worthwhile if you just smile.